Hello, Generous Marriage Podcast. Hi, I'm Sifu Aviv. And I'm Shachar Erez. And together we are here to talk about sex. Well, actually, that's not the whole picture. Sex is just one of the components that makes a, a marriage and a relationship a more generous one. So yes, we are going to talk today about sex and not just about sex, but about some really important elements in it. Uh, what are we going to talk about with Michal Mayan Don, Shachar? Well... Mainly about orgasms. It's actually pretty cool. She has a very unique perspective on orgasms and sexuality and how to use it to enhance your life, your life energy, your creativity. And I think this is an important uh, topic, not just for listeners on the female side of things, but men, we need to understand a lot too, uh, so that we don't take ownership on things that are not our own to take. So let's listen together to the interview with Michal Mayandon. See you on the other end. Enjoy. Welcome to the Generous Marriage Podcast. Fight less, feel appreciated, and have a deeper connection with your spouse. And now your hosts, Shachar Erez and Ziv Raviv. Hello, Generous Marriage Podcast. I'm Ziv Aviv. I'm Shachar Erez. And together we are doing the Generous Marriage Podcast. Here in Season 2, we explore all sorts of ways that allows you to be more aware of the ways you feel. We call it the right to feel. We find it very important for people in a relationship when they want to make it a more generous one to actually understand the mechanisms that are helping them to feel the way they feel. And today, specifically, we're going to talk about something very important in feelings, and that's related more to the physical side of things, of feelings and feeling, sexual feelings that are very important in a relationship. And for that, we have actually invited quite an expert. Let me introduce you to Michal Mayan Don. Michal Mayan is a conscious sexuality teacher. She's also a shaman and an academic. And I'm so excited to meet with you and to have you on your show. Hello, Michal Mayan. Hi, Ziv. Hi, Shacha. Thank you for having me. I just want to take it one step further with the generosity. Please, everybody that hears and gets information in this broadcast, please let everybody you know receive this information from you. I don't want this to be anymore. Just let it through, let it move on. So everybody needs to know what you're going to hear today. That's very nice. Yeah, when I start my, my talks, I always tell people, please share with everybody. And you know what I want to add to that also? If you are already listening to this and you're starting to think, well, what can I learn that is new about sexuality or about even the peak moments of sexuality or the importance of sex in a relationship? Well, actually, I want to offer you guys that listen or ladies that listen, anyone out there to maybe take a big, a deep breath and take this hat on your head right now that says, resist new information. I don't need help. All those titles that's maybe already written on your head, even the title, which is like, I'm an expert at this. I don't need anything. Take that hat off and put on this new hat, which is the hat of curiosity. And with that hat on, let us start the discussion. Michal, how important do you find sexuality or conscious sexuality, as you call it, to a relationship? 
Wow, that's a very big one. I can, uh, wow. I just want to refer to what you said. Guys will be more reacting like this. I know everything. Nobody should tell me anything about orgasms and sex. The feminine, uh, the women will probably be more in a space that a lot of guilt, shame, and fear is creating the rejection to really listen and to be, really be attuned into receiving information about sexuality and orgasms and relation. And so it's not only about, hey, I know everything. It's a lot more about having a lot of guilt, shame, and fear. Oh. And that's like social sexual disease, guilt, shame, and fear. And these disease attacks couples in a very mean way. Sometimes you can have a healthy sexuality with yourself, but then there's so many gaps in sexual behavior and sexual perceptions between couples. It's a marriage trap, I guess, or something. People, they start with all this excitement and then those gaps and those differences show up and destroy marriage, destroy couples, destroy sexual healthy lives. What kind of gaps? Let's be specific here. What kind of gaps and how do you work through them, I would add? That's a big one. That's a big, big question. And I think the biggest gap is communication, like everything. For me, sexuality is both the expression of relationship, of love, of connection, of caring, of empathy. It's the expression of how close we feel to each other but it's also the creator of the, all those feelings. So it goes both ways. And the major problem, I guess, starts when we're nine, around eight, nine years old, going to 12, 15, 16, we start feeling those sexual sensations and feelings and curiosity. And then we are totally alone in that. And it's mind-blowing. It's overflowing in our system. And we're totally alone in that. And we do not mature. Most adults don't take no responsibility in maturing in their sexual personality. And we get married and we get together. We think we're 30 or 40 or 50 or even 60, but we're 12 as sexual beings. And then two 12-year-olds meet. Like they meet in sleepovers and they show each other or they play with each other, but they don't ever, ever communicate about that. And that's a trap. That's a big one. I can see that uh, how that actually happened in real life. Unfortunately, from experience, just the other day, we had the conversation of what do I mean when I say, would you like a back rub? And do you mean you want sex? And I think, yes, that's what I mean. And like, so why don't you say that? So like, just like two 12-year-old kids that can't really talk about, should we watch TV? Should we play the Xbox? Or like, they just can't communicate because they're just kids. And I'm a mature adult and I can't really express what I want clearly with my wife. I can see that happening. It's about fears. It's about desires. It's about not bringing our whole emotional being to our sex life. And so we communicate with our bodies, but we do not, do not communicate with our emotions in our sex. So it's just small parts of us, which are immature, come together. We want to talk about orgasms today. We do, because that's a mature thing to do, sexually speaking, isn't it? 
both mature and immature on the same time. Because we are not sexually educated and we do not, we don't know anything about orgasms, nothing, absolutely nothing. We end up practicing sexuality once a week, twice a week, once a month, it doesn't matter. And it all has the same script, very simple, basic behavior that you can find in all couples' bedroom. First, it's in the bedroom. (laughs) Second, it's at the end of the day. And then what happens is most of the time, the feeling is that the man wants that more. If it's a heterosexual couple, is more interested. And the woman, she agrees or not. The man is always, he always exposes himself to rejection. And it's all unspoken. Everything is unspoken. So much pain is happening in the undercurrent, but nobody talks about it. But it ends up into... A little capsule in which we go to bed, we kiss, you touch my boobs, you touch my clit, you give me an orgasm. Maybe I give you some kind of pleasure, then penetration, then you come and that's it. One orgasm to me, pleasure to you, penetration, you orgasm, and that's not sex. That's not lovemaking. And most people live like this. They might even go to therapy or a couple sessions and the therapist will ask them about their sex lives and they say, yes, we are both orgasmic. None of us has a problem to reach orgasm. Oh, that's beautiful. Do you have orgasms together? Yes, we do. Beautiful. And how often do you do it once a week? Oh, that's beautiful. Everything in your sex life is healthy. But underneath, there's two people that separately live in a situation that Something in my system knows that this is not lovemaking. And although I am supposed to be sexually satisfied, I'm so frustrated and I don't even have the words. My consciousness can't even be clear about why my sex life is making me sad, even if I get orgasms. We say that about the people who do get orgasms and they don't have problems. Most people, most couples, have huge dysfunctions around their sexuality and their orgasms. And they're so lonely in it. And they don't share with each other. And they don't know how to handle it. And our society just neglects us. There's no mentoring there. It is very hard to not have someone to understand you or to be able to actually talk about those things. You're basically saying that uh, we don't even have the language to talk about orgasms, what are some of the things that you wish everyone knew? I know you, you does a lot, but what are some of the initial things yeah. you, you wish people would knew about orgasms? I think part of my journey started, I just want to say about myself, part of my drive into practicing what I practice is my marriage ended when I was 33. It was very lonely having a sexual problem between us and not having many many people to share that with and not many practitioners to go to but we tried and I did a huge process with myself and my first orgasm was when I was 30 and I worked hard on it I had to work hard to get it and still it's always on process so my life journey with orgasm started from a very bad background and I am flourishing and thriving and teaching and discovering new orgasms all the time now. 
So one of the first things I want to share, part of my journey started when I met one of my teachers, Baba Des, in Israel in 2011. And he sat with a group of students and he said something outrageous. He said, nobody really makes love. We only make, we give each other orgasms and that's not love, making love. And I was nodding, yes, yes, he's, this man is right. And then he said, okay, so next time you make love or from now on, when you make love, you give yourself an orgasm, he will give himself an orgasm. And now come to meet for lovemaking and not for giving orgasms. And I look just the way you did. And I said, so what do you do? What do you do if you don't do this script of just creating orgasms? And that became a life, like a one question. And it still is. I think one of the highlights in my discoverings were that there's two different aspects to it. There's orgasms and there's orgasmic sensations. Okay. And if our orgasms and lovemaking creates an orgasmic field for a couple or for a one being or for 10 people having sex together, it doesn't matter. If our orgasms are just the gateways to orgasmic energies and sensations, and then we can explore ecstatic lovemaking and we can explore our sexuality and orgasms take us into being together an ecstatic flow of life force, of joy, of love. It's an ecstatic current that orgasms are just the gateways to it. That's one thing. And the first thing to understand in order to somehow manage to go there is everywhere I look, everywhere I see, whatever knowledge and wisdom I meet, they tell me that orgasm is release of sexual energy. And that's not true. Orgasm <laughs> is feeling ourselves up exploding with sexual energy that is not going away. It's not discharge. Orgasm is our way to get filled with ecstasy. Nourishing and filling us up with more energy rather than... Discharge of energy. Yeah. And that's the first understanding that we have to understand. The people who told us about discharge, they don't know nothing. So it's a whole structure. And we might have been uh, discharging ourselves from sexual energy since we were nine. And our mind and hearts and body and neurological pathways in our brain are all set to feel that and to experience that. And we need to reset the system. And that's a journey. But first, we need to understand satisfaction is not about discharge of sexual energy. And that was, will be the first very important understanding. I see. So the first step is understanding that the journey into improving your sex life, your orgasm, is not focusing just on the orgasms, understanding that this is about the orgasmic sensation. It's something deeper than that. It's not a discharge of stress or energy or whatnot. It's actually something that refills you, that fill you with energy of enjoyment and, and warmth and emotions. So what's the next step if you understand that there's something else going on here? Just give a little tip here. 
Yeah. Uh, something practical, something simple and practical. We love practical. Next time you experience an orgasm, whether it's just by yourself or with partners, just before the ecstatic current of orgasm is going down, start moving. Shaking the body, jumping up and down, breathing, opening. Just resist this part of you that thinks that it wants to relax and to disappear. Okay? And just move. Shake the body. Make sound. Move the energy. Go write a new paragraph in the essay you're working on. Go draw something. Do something creative. Take that energy and take it to a meeting. Yeah, this is how I live, okay? My sexual energy is the boost to my wisdom, to my writing, to my anti-aging, everything. But first, we need to let it through and not go away, not dissolve. So the tip is move, make sound, breathe. Don't disappear after orgasm. So, you know, for, for beginners, before they take it into a meeting, so they can just breathe and take the energy up and shake the body. and Yeah, yeah. Shake together as a couple. Shake with your partner. The other thing is, in order to move through orgasms into that extended life force energy and that uh, ecstatic flow, we need to have orgasms. We cannot have dysfunctional orgasmic life and then move it to the next step. We need to actually explore orgasms and educate ourselves more and reach more orgasms and more different types of orgasms. So first thing I want to tell men, although my field is, I have a lot of experience with women and I'm shifting from men to women and from women to men these days. I think one of the saddest things on the planet for me, from my point of view, is that I know that Almost 100% of men don't have a clue what masculine orgasm is. You don't know. What you know is the little sneeze. And all those things men think and believe and adore about the feminine orgasmic way, that it's emotional, that it's holistic, that it's long, that it's deep. You look at us and you want to give us that depth and you admire where we go and how our body is taking it, you have the same. The same orgasmic energy, the same orgasmic power. Don't stay where you are. Take yourself on a journey to expand and enlarge your own orgasms. You can even become multi-orgasmic man, but that's the next step. First, become orgasmic. Just by knowing that what you experience is a sneeze, is not orgasm, okay? Just by knowing that your mind will open up to see how can I make it longer? How can I make it deeper? How can my emotions be part of it? Now, you can go to, there's so many teachers around the planet. You can go, not enough information, and I'm working on it. But yeah, men, sexual sensations are very centered in the pelvis area on the penis itself. That's why it's so small, the sensation, so narrow, so limited. Now, once men start feeling more on their skin and breathing more and bring more present to the whole body, to the whole system, their orgasm can be more a whole body orgasm, just like 
you think our orgasm is, which you want to give to us, you need to start wanting to give, want to give to yourselves. And that's big for me. If men only start exploring their own sensations on different parts of the penis, bring the testicles into your lovemaking with yourself, see what happens. Start exploring. Stop doing your self-pleasure again and again and again on the same way. You're not 16 anymore. Your mother is not behind the door. You don't need to hide your sexuality. Start taking a breath and exploring masculine orgasms. That can be a whole big change. And that's the first thing. So you're saying they aware that there's more than a sneeze? There is more and start looking for it. And start looking for it and start breathing and moving after the orgasm. Yeah, and before and, and during the lovemaking. Yeah. I think we all noticed that after we go to, when we were young and we used to go to, to weddings, <laughs> after dancing and after movement and joy and fun and excitement, and when our heart is more open, we, when we make love after a wedding, it's always better. Did you notice that? Do you remember? Always what? Did I, did I didn't hear it. It's always better sex after dancing. So moving our bodies before lovemaking is always, always helpful. Let's talk about breath, sound, and movement soon. And that will be the same for men and women because that's the three keys for the orgasmic flow and for the energy flow of energy to reach all parts of our body and consciousness. But uh, what I want to emphasize on is we have a beautiful vagina, beautiful love making gate it creates life it's a yoni it's a temple and we are kind of we demand that this temple will give us pleasure the man comes with some kind of demand and performance issues that he has on my yoni on my on my vagina brings his story and i i as a woman i have taken it as in our society i've also taken those Missions and it's quite heavy on a very delicate uh, and sensitive. The vagina is very sensitive. I call the yoni the woman within the woman. Can I use the word yoni from now? Yeah, can you explain what that is though? Yeah, a sacred space uh, in Sanskrit, the language in Indian, ancient Indian, that's the name, that's the meaning of the word vagina. And the world. Their creation story is kind of different than ours. There was not a God sitting on a couch upstairs saying, let there be light and that God did not create the world with his ideas. The way the world was created in that story, in the ancient Indian story, is the yoni, universal yoni, was penetrated by the universal lingam. Lingam is penis, and the meaning of the word is beam of light. So the beam of the divine light penetrated the sacred space of the divine vagina and that penetration created orgasms that created life. And we live in that creation. So that's a whole thing. You know, sometimes I think we could change the world only by if every woman tells every man she makes love to that it's not a penis, it's a beam of light. That's it. 
peace on the earth, peace on earth. <laughs> that can be that easy. So that temple, that yoni, that vagina, I call it, I look at it as the woman within the woman. She is more feminine than I am. She's more sensitive than I am. She needs to be seen. She needs attention. She needs gentleness. She needs to be seen in her power, but also in her sensitivity. Everything that a woman needs from a man, she needs security, she needs to be listened to, she needs to be held, she needs patience. All those things the vagina also needs. But not only from the person that is making love to my vagina, it needs it from me first. So the orgasmic life of a woman, if we learn to bring it from the art of connection, it's not technical. If we start healing or creating beautiful, loving, brave connection with our yonis as women, then what we bring to lovemaking is not an, a, a mystery that a man will not know what to do with. You know, men, women don't understand how confusing it is for a man to meet a yoni. I don't have something like this. You don't even know how, what makes you feel good in your yoni because you don't, you're not in contact with it. You're too shy to really get to know your yoni, but you want me to get to know you. What? I'm lost. And we don't communicate. Thank you. I'm touched. Yeah. <laughs> for the understanding, seriously. Yeah, yeah. We think we're making love, but we're keeping each other so separate by not taking responsibility. And only if women connect, really deeply connect with their yonis and their own orgasms and take themselves on those explorations. I will not demand you, men, to give me orgasms. I am the master of my own orgasms. I can share my knowledge with you. I can share my understanding, my research with you, but it's not that masculine authority that sits next to you when you're making love to me saying, you have to make her come. How many times she comes is that how many ranks you get as, as an officer or whatever you, it, this can bring so much peace and ease uh, to couples. Anytime I can support lovemaking with telling my men, sharing that feeling that you're not in charge of my orgasms, you can relax. I need you to make love, not to reach orgasms. That's my story with myself. Okay, let's have a party. Does this also include permission for the women to not worry about getting to the orgasm if they don't want to? For example, if they just want to satisfy their spouse without getting to orgasm, what would you say to that? We're not here to, make, to give orgasms to each other. We're making love. Now, love is a very mysterious creature. We don't really know how it wants to manifest itself. One night it wants to manifest itself as giggling together. And one night it wants to manifest itself like in super high ecstatic orgasms. It's different. We're making love. Now, what does love want now? We're here together. What does love want? Now, we can play with this love with our bodies, with our energies, with our emotions. Everything is included with our spirituality. And then maybe one day I want to look at my man 
giving himself orgasm so I can learn more about masculine orgasm, okay? Me as a woman, I want to feel how you feel. I'm curious. That's a beautiful way for love to express itself. There's so many ways. So it's not about orgasms, but I can tell you from experience, people who don't have easy orgasms or rich orgasms in, in a simple, easy way, they get stuck in, I want to get my orgasms. I don't want to come too fast. Okay. Premature ejaculation. It keeps all men too busy. They're not with me. They're not making love to me. They're making riots with that voice telling them, don't come too fast. Don't come too fast. Don't come too fast. They're not there with me. Okay. So when you're busy with technicalities, then you're not making love. And the way to deal with the technicalities, you can do it as partners, but you can also take care. It's very important to take your own responsibility on your own orgasms. You're saying that for a woman, there's a relationship with her vagina, with her yoni. It's the woman inside of the woman. And you're basically saying that because when two people have the sexual intercourse, it's not about the orgasm, it's about lovemaking, then there is a permission granted in that if they want to focus only on orgasm of the men or, or focus on other stuff that are lovemaking, that makes sense and speaks yeah. volumes. What can a, a woman do, though, in her journey to improve her relationship with the other woman in her Let's talk about the ecstatic current of sexual energy and how we can improve it. This is very basic, simple stuff. And still nobody teaches that in high school. And that's a shame. So we're talking about three different powers that move this energy. Breath, sound, movement. It's always, always about breath, sound, movement. Okay? Now let's start with the most important one is breath. Somehow. Almost everybody on the planet, as soon as we get sexually aroused, the more we get sexually aroused, we hold our breath. Something in our system is so excited about, hey, there's a possibility for an orgasm somewhere there. So we hold our breath, like we contract our muscles, we don't make sound, and we hold our breath. You will notice that every time you make love, you will see people don't breathe while they're making love. Not breathing when you make love, when you practice any sports, okay? You cannot do that without breathing, right? You cannot run without breathing, but you do fuck without breathing. What? No. Okay, so the first thing we do is breathe. How do we breathe? We breathe a lot of air, open mouth, and with the rhythm of the movement. Now, this is especially for the women. Because when we breathe a lot of air, open mouth, and with the rhythm of the movement, we allow the sexual energy to expand. It's also for the men, but I'll say something about masculine sexual breathing soon, which is a bit different. When we breathe this way, there's a lot of oxygen and ecstasy can join us. Now, we, we're too scared of it because we're scared of ecstasy. We, we're scared of losing control. So we go to bed hoping to lose control but we're too terrified of really losing control. So we really need to somehow agree that it's not just an idea based, a thought, a conception. 
an idea. I want to lose control. We are going deeply into losing control. And sometimes it's actually scary. If women experience very, very powerful orgasms, it's like taking strong drugs. Sometimes you're always scared before you do that because you might get lost. Sexuality is, is about getting lost. We crave that. We pray. We want that to get lost together. Breathing, ecstatic breathing like this can get us there. Even if we just start with asking our partner, when you notice I stop breathing, tell me, breathe. That's so beautiful. That's so easy. And that might change your orgasm starting from right now. If you come to your orgasm from actual breathing constantly, they will be different. They will be larger. I promise. So what about the sound? How does that work? Something about men, men who want to learn how to prolong their sexual energy and not ejaculate. They need to start the practice with learning how to breathe like in a yoga class. Long, deep breath will support you to, to surf. I call it surf on seven. Okay. The masculine system is so used to, hey, I'm, I'm on zero uh, excitement. I've gone to three. I want to be at 10. This is the only way I know how to be. And men need to start learning how to surf on seven. That is like ecstasy. The orgasm is ejaculation. Yeah. It's exciting. It's beautiful. My system wants to go to 10, but I will teach it how to relax now. Be both relaxed and excited. And that's a masculine path. For most men, not all men. And reaching that point, meditation helps a lot in that, but also long breath. Steve and I, we work out doing a CrossFit. And CrossFit is a high-intensity workout. Yeah. And one of the things I think both of us learned there is that you can rest while running. Ooh, yeah. Because it's so high, in, it's so intense, the actual uh, practice that sometimes you go into running or, or jumping the, the rope and you can actually rest in that. And I think that's actually quite similar. You can still be active and in the lovemaking and be in like seven, like you say, but keep, keep yourself going between six to eight and, and surf on that. I like the term surfing, actually. Yeah, and, and there's something about the masculine immature energy that wants to reach the end all the time instead of, of really enjoying data talks about it a lot like the man who wants the empty shelf okay there's too many things happening now i want to reach the empty shelf i want to be beyond that uh, orgasm i want that enormous special unique quiet energy that i don't have to do anything there now we can feel that quietness while things are happening And that's what you're talking about. That's about breath and there's so much more, okay? When you go to learn Tantra, you discover amazing journeys just with that sexual energy and breath. But this is the gateway. And we can really support each other just by saying to each other as a couple, breathe. And notice how much we stop breathing. And this is how we can really support each other as couples. Movement and sound. The more we move, the more sexual energy uh, can move in, in our system. I tell women not to be lazy in bed, not to be lazy in sex. And for women to really move their pelvis, 
really contract, learn how to contract the PC muscles and play with the PC muscles in lovemaking, before lovemaking, after lovemaking. And notice how our muscles tense so much when we come, when we come close to orgasm. Now, instead of allowing this tensity to happen, let it go and let it tense again and let this flow of energy move. And what will help is move your pelvis as a woman. It's, you're not being, getting fucked. You're also lovemaking and allow, teach your, your body to be active in lovemaking more and more and more. Even if you, as a woman, practice after your orgasm, Take the contractions of the vagina and don't let them stop. Keep on the contracting voluntarily. You will see what happens. The next orgasm will come so fast just by moving the muscles a little bit more after, after orgasm. And sound. Sound works in two different ways. First, let's learn how to talk. Our voice chakra our throat chakra is the way we express ourselves in life. It, the sex chakra and the throat chakra is the same system. Our sexuality is silenced and our voice in life on the world is silenced. Now, if we take upon ourselves to mature in sexuality, it means to have sex with eyes wide open, to see each other, to see the intimacy to be in that intimacy. And if, if I'm embarrassed by my husband, by being close, so close to my husband, let me shake that energy. It takes us back to movement. If I'm overflowing with energy, I move the body. Now, if it's sexual energy, emotional energy, whatever it is, I move my body all the time. So communication is the first key. Let's play this crazy game of radical honesty as a couple. I'm sure you played that in other fields, not only sexuality. Now let's take it to, to bed. Radical honesty. What do I want? What do I don't want? Hey, I have my arm under your back for the last 20 minutes. I can't feel it anymore. But I won't say anything because I'm so educated to not. All women know what I'm talking about. All women know that we tend to bring ourselves into uncomfortable situations in bed. And we won't say anything. Like a woman from the 30s, 50s. So radical honesty is about being attached, being connected to your needs and feelings and pleasure and expressing them freely. Yeah. Let's today talk about our kissing. We've been kissing for the last 20 years. Have we ever talked about kissing? Where do you feel more? Are you more sensitive in the lips or in the tongue? What do you like about our kissing? What do you don't like about it? Ah, it's like coming out from a crazy cell room. We don't talk about things we do all the time. What do you like about my vagina? How does it look like to you? Simple things that we do every day. If we don't do every day, that's even more heavier, okay? So let's, let's talk about being sexual with each other. How do you like, what turns you in the way that I initiate sexuality? Do you like this? What, do you, what turns you on in initiating sexuality? So talking about our sexuality, talking about our fears and desires, owning our fears and desires as a couple 
if you could have a little meeting before coming to bed, okay? Not every day, but if we have a love date, and I recommend couples to have love dates, and those tense moments, those, uh, I heard one, one uh, sexologist saying, the most further distance is between the living room and the bedroom. There's so much tense in that space. <laughs> and if we could just sit in the living room saying, hey, we're going to make love now. Oh, adults, right. We're going to make love now. All right. Emotionally, how do I feel today? You're taking me, we're going to bed. Who is that woman you're going to meet in bed today? I had a fight with this. I'm worried about our child. This is who you meet. This is who I meet. All right. So emotional beings are coming to make love. These are the people. All right. And then look in each other's eyes and share fears and desires about our lovemaking today. Listen, my back aches a little bit and it would be lovely for me if you rub my back before we start. That would be so relaxing for me. And listen, I was, I saw something on porn and I want you to stretch me. My desire today is to explore a stronger touch. As adults, we understand that spontaneity, is, or what, the way you say that, is not the key to good sexuality. Definitely when you're over 19 and you're not in high school and you have a sexual relationship, it's not Hollywood. It's not the doctor's room in, in, in the hospital in Hollywood. So that's first thing about sound is communication. And the other thing is the energy of sound. The energy of sound is waves that takes the air, sexual energy and moves the sexual energy. The more sound you can add to your breath and movement, the more sexual energy will be flowing in your system. And I just want to tell men something really important. Use your voice. Use your voice. Your voice next to my ears is sexy, super sexy. Please, men, try. You will be found by the results. And it helps with breathing. Yeah, add sound to breathing. Wow. You teach these things in like long form workshops and you can talk about these things and help people in way, way more details. And we only scratched the surface, but those tips about breathing and making sound and moving your body and the way you got into the details between men and women as well. These are things that I hope that our listeners will take and explore, explore lovemaking and explore sexuality. We could have talked for a longer time, but we, we do have to wrap up and, and touch base again in maybe another format. So guys, thank you so much for listening this week for Michal Mayan Don. Michal Mayan, we are going to share a link in the Generous Marriage podcast. So if people want to learn more about your workshops and what you do online, they could connect with you. And that would be on generousmarriage.com. It's really hard, hard cut here. Any word of wisdom before we wrap up? Wow, I'm full of gratitude for you allowing me to share my generosity. Yeah, there's so much more depth in that. So these are just basic steps in order to explore more and more generosity. And God is very generous with us. And God has given us huge amounts of pleasure. And instead instead of holding buckets to receive those gifts from God, we hold teaspoons. <laughs> Okay. 
Now, all we need to do is understand we, we can expand those vessels and just allow God to be more generous with us. Shaha, what's your uh, main takeaway from today? Make love, not sex. <laughs> <laughs> Or make love and sex. And sex, yeah. But yeah, be more present, make more sound, talk about it, breathe. I personally yeah. love this metaphor of surfing on seven. I think it's really important. And there were so many golden nuggets here today. So I hope, guys, that you listening to this also got something and experiment with it. Try it and work on it. It's worth it. And thank you again, Michal Mayan Don, for being yeah. here in our show. And see you guys next week on the Generous Marriage Podcast. Wow. I really love how Michal says it with the tips about enhancing the orgasmic pleasure through movement and breathing and voice. And what I really love about it is how practical it is. Even if you just take the tip about enhancing your breath, getting more oxygen, allowing yourself to be a little bit more vocal with your breathing, that by itself will be uh, valuable for both men and women. What did you take from this? Yeah, I, I love this interview. Michal is so inspiring and empowering. And I love how she uses uh, orgasm, how she uses sexuality in general to, to, to be more alive and to be more creative and to be more effective. She really owns her power. You know, empowering uh, through sex, that's a concept that not a lot of people talk about. Usually you see sex And something that has an, in, an internal value because it's a need. But what Michal does is she takes sex and orgasm and she uses that for other things like enhancing her creativity or even just her uh, place in life, her position in life. I find it very intriguing. And we actually have a bonus section in today's episode with an article by Michal that can actually help you own your own sexual power. What will that give people if they do that, if they go and download that PDF from generousmarriage.com? Well, it will help the readers be more in their power, to own their power, to be more free, to be more authentic in their expression. It's a great article that explains the whole concept of uh, empowerment through sexuality, and what holds us from being empowered and how to own our power, it's very inspiring. It is. So guys, if you're listening to this, and ladies, obviously, go to generousmarriage.com, season two, episode 12. You can actually find the button to download this for free and to be empowered. And speaking of empowerment, next week on the Generous Marriage Podcast, we're going to have an interview with Sandra Harmon from Unlimited Love. And she actually, Sandra, has this network of people that have mastered relationship and they mentor each other and they mentor people that need it. And it's a very interesting episode, a very interesting model, uh, just, you know, inspiring to see people uh, help each other. So thank you so much for listening for the Generous Marriage Podcast and see you next week. Bye-bye. See you next week.